G'day all, and thanks for listening to the Football Podcast. You're here with Ash and Garns, and we're here to talk all things AFL and NBA, plus more. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. G'day all, and thanks for listening to the Football Podcast. You're here with Ash and Garns, and we're here to talk all things AFL and NBA, plus more. Ash, what a weekend of sport it was this weekend. The NBL had seven games in seven days. AFLW had some really well, good standout games. Well, the NBL was meant to have seven games in seven days, but a couple of uh, postponed yeah. ones and stuff, unfortunately. And then, and then the NBA, there's just so much to talk about in the NBA circle as well. Um, let's really, let's dive into it straight away into the AFLW. And I just want to start up with, are the real teams leading the ladder right now? Oh, well, I'd say, well, I actually haven't looked at the ladder after round two, but I'd say Frio, Adelaide, and Melbourne are at the top. And the Pies, and, and the, the Pies, pies are yeah, all so, on yeah, two yeah, wins. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I think, I can't see it really, obviously those four will change around and stuff, but I can't, I can't see too many teams challenging those top spots from, from what see, we've seen I already. look at it. Yeah, so I look at it a bit differently. I think Frio have played West Coast and GWS and go, well, they haven't really... GWS did put up a fight. Are they really flag contenders? Collingwood's only played Geelong and Carlton, who are... Oh, not Geelong, sorry, St Kilda. And it looks like they're just there, whereas Adelaide have beaten two top contenders convincingly in Kangaroos and um, Brisbane. Yeah, it is true. But also, I mean... It's not like those two teams, like Collingwood and Frio, haven't really sort of let it, let it, other teams even have a chance. Like they've sort of they've sort of yeah. punished them and and really put them to the sword, especially after half time yeah. for both that both both teams. After half time, they've just sort of destroyed the other teams. To be honest, this 
Yeah, this will lead into my following point a bit soon down the track, but like you could tell the good teams that have done multiple pre-seasons, they've got a lot of petrol tickets in the tank. Like you look at Collingwood midfield, they're just running a muck after halftime, like you just said, and Fremantle's pressure inside the contest is outstanding. And then you go look at Adelaide, their ability to break free off the spread is incredible. And you can tell that they've had multiple pre-seasons because... You might be able to do that for a quarter. You might be able to do that for two quarters. But for doing it for two full games and highly contested games, like that comes down to a lot of pre-season work and a lot of miles in the legs. And we're seeing some standout players already in Anne Hatchard and um, Kiara Bowers are playing really well. And then the step up for Britt Bernici on the weekend. They're, yep. they're players that have played majority of the seasons of the AFLW. And it's, it, it goes to show, do your pre-season good and hard you you reap the rewards yeah well that's kind of what's uh which yeah one, one of my um one of my big things um today was about geelong and it's that sort of brings into that where they're a young they're a young team they're, they're trying to build something they're they're really they're really showing something for as a team like with their pressure with their their game style as well and um they're they're really they're, the only thing that's letting them down right now is the composure late in games and, and probably late in quarters throughout the, throughout the game, yeah. and, and they're yeah, just running agreed. out of legs, and and that just comes down to fitness and preseason, and once they get maybe later throughout the year, once they get a bit, bit of match fitness, but definitely next year once they get that extra preseason in, that extra pre that two three preseasons in a row, that's where you start really reaping the benefits of uh, putting in the hard work. You can't just put and in you one. Know. You can't just put in one. Uh, one big preseason and think that's going to get you somewhere. Um, it's sort of that yeah, exactly. continuity. Yeah, and the best thing about what you just said is like when you get tired because you're not fit enough, and they are fit, but they're not they're not fitter than the opposition. That and you're saying they're not finishing off quarters. That just comes down to concentration. When you get tired, your concentration goes down. We can talk about in in your work life, in school life, in in any life. When you get tired, your concentration um, dips and then your performance suffers from it. So, and we're talking about Geelong trying to find an identity. They also don't they don't have the depth like the other big teams do. But at the same time, they're putting up a good fight. They're getting some confidence. And look, they could roll once. Oh, they're definitely five. not far away from a win. I don't I don't think. And and I mean, it just showed on the weekend when you when you really put in the hard work and uh, with Gold Coast, um, yep. which uh, what a win that was. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that as well. So. Um, Gold Coast, obviously, they looked they looked down and out in that first ten minutes of that last quarter. I was I was watching, going, oh no, it's going to happen again. They were they were right thereabouts. Probably should have been well in front for the game. Yeah, uh, they they dominated the like the ball possession, everything about the game. Um, West Coast just hung hung around. Then in the last quarter, they just went bang bang bang. West Coast, and I thought, oh no, Gold Coast, here here we go again. And then and then out of nowhere, I think they kicked. I think at one stage they kicked three goals in four minutes or something like that. I think yeah. it was, I think it was a bit less. So I think it was like three and three, and they're all off as you, as we say again off undisciplined acts and just a lack of concentration by West Coast because they weren't fit enough to run the game out. But yeah, well, they actually they actually that, made they actually got it straight out of the center for a couple of them and and hit up forwards and then there that's where that's where Gold Coast bigs. Um, oh, I forgot I forgot her name. I uh, had it in my. In my head, just before. Um, Gri, uh, Gri, Griger. Uh, no, nah, nah, completely forgot her name. Um, 
Um, girl, they kicked three goals as yeah, well. Yeah, it's it's close to banana. Bichard, Bichard. <laughs> yeah, nah. Um, yeah, but anyway, she I think she kicked three goals for the game, and she dominated the last quarter. She kicked the last goal of the game as well, and it just came from big contested marks as well. And like she she really Bahana. proved vital. Yeah, Bahana, that's the one. I told you it was close to banana, but <laughs> um, <laughs> she yeah she she just started clunking them. Um, the uh, the girl that kicked her first goal for in AFL as well. Uh, really like really took a, a couple of big contested marks at centre half forward as well and and really just proved vital for him in the last quarter um, and then Charlie Rowbottom uh, even Sermon yeah and Sermon. even Sermon she was she clean, was awesome like, but she was the epitome of what a small forward has to do as soon as that ball hits the contest on the bit of the bigs you need to be full tilt running so when the ball drops it drops at your feet and that's where she ran in for that open goal because she was going full full tilt sprint and you, you unless you're Lenny Hayes you're not tackling anyone that's running full stip um when you're stationary and they're running in a sprint you're not tackling them unless you're Lenny yeah. Hayes which but she was no she was in the perfect running. spot every time she was so clean yep. and then yeah like she she was quality all game as well at that um and she yeah you, she's you a true right. forward yeah, you can you tell are, she's a true forward you are right as well she she really epitomized what a small forward needs to do and and be there at the feet of the bigs um but then yeah like yep. I was about to say Charlie Rowbottom she is going to be an absolute star she, like I, I'm calling it now, she's going to be a massive star. She's come away in her second game, pr- pretty much led the team to a win with 17 touches and 12 tackles for, uh, in her second game of AFL W. Yeah, I, I was I was pretty impressed. She is the number one pick. Um, there's a little bit of finesse. There's no, it's not like a press parkers from Geelong where she's very finesse with the ball in hand. Robottom's just this. She reminds me a lot of um, Jazzy Garner, um, but with a better tackle on her. Like she did hit the contest hard. She's what the grunt that Gold Coast need, and she's actually a perfect fit for him as well. Yep. Um, there's a few few things I wanted to tidy up. She plays on the fringes a little bit too much that I like, that I don't like. Sorry. Um, whereas her contested possession, I, I, I think she had 12 in the end when the game was on the line. She went and got the footy. But she needs to assert herself because she's so big. She's a tall midfielder. She reminds me of the Nat Five type of midfielder, just taller than um, the players around her. Yeah. And but she's powerful as well. She's just got to gain. The, it looks like she's just still adapting to the to the game sort of thing. Where I think maybe she has unlocked it in the final final quarter. Um, this is where I want to my lead off to it. We spoke about it last week. The quarters need to be extended. Yeah, absolutely need to be extended. Because yep. you look at that last quarter when the game was get when they were getting tired, we got scores. Yeah, well, it was like well, it, was, it, was, it was about it was, 30, 30 to forty points, maybe tops for the game, and then the last quarter there was eight goals kicked. Well, let's put it, there was three goals kicked for I think it was four goals kicked in the whole for the first three quarters. Yeah, yeah. When there was eight in the last quarter. Yeah. yeah, so it was two two to two four at three quarter time. Like you can't. Like as much as like where they're still adapting to the game and then stuff like that, you extend the quarter by three minutes, so that's an extra quarter that they're playing at the end of the game. They're playing fifteen minute quarters. You play to twelve minutes. That's another extra, almost an extra quarter at the back of it. The game's going to break open after halftime. Yeah, and well, that, that's and it's, yeah. It becomes a much more viewed. Yeah, I completely agree. Like if they just add like like we were saying, like you said, you said three. I think it should be five. 
It doesn't have to be time on. It should just be 20-minute quarters. The amount of scoring that's probably going to be produced in that last five minutes of a game, which allows you time to score, the teams are going to get tired each at each quarter. And then those last that second half, like you just said, in that last quarter, is just going to open right up. And there's going to be a lot more scoring. There's going to be... The fans will love it. Like, And that, if that's what they're trying to look for and they're trying to open up, right now, that that's honestly exactly what they need to do. Yep. And you maybe even put the rule in that you can't... You have to have um, your, your zones in place where you, you've got the forwards and the forwards, the backs and the backs at the start of the bounce just to clear congestion. So when the teams are getting tired, they don't drop multiple players back. But coaches coach to win. Not to make it look like a spectacle, yeah, but exactly. what I what I want to do point out with the whole um, extending the quarters though, you look at the rotations right now. Some of the players that, that that they start on the bench and they can't get on because the ball's logged on the other side of the field. So how are they meant to do their rotations if they're and they got five on the bench? So if they got the extra quarter, it makes it easier because a player in that level can go for five minutes, get their rotation, and they're on for the next... They have, five, they have a couple of minutes spell, and then they're back on the field. Where it's very hard. Like, you can see that they struggle to get their rotations in. Um, and you just have to go to a game and see it. Like, they really trying to call the girls, especially, like, at Fick Park, because obviously I was watching the Collingwood game. The ball was stuck on the far side of the wing, and they couldn't get any interchange. So, um, I think it was uh, Alana Porter had to come off because she was the back line just so she could get a player on. And it just stuffs your, your whole rotations. And lucky St. Kilda didn't capitalise on it, but it it affects them. Whereas Collingwood, they punish St. Kilda when they try to do it. Yeah. Well, um, obviously going to the, fr- to the Friday night game as well. I'm just going back to that. Um, obviously, I've got two points here. Melbourne, yep. a genuine flag threats now. They are, they are a genuine, cha- they are a genuine contender. And Richmond, Monique Conti needs help in the midfield. If they yeah, if they no. want if they want to get anywhere and and they want to be anything and be a, a genuine threat to to the finals, that she needs help. She needs big help. She needs just one more like superstar midfielder. Like they've got the Hoskin twins, and they're just bash and crash. They're not they're not class. They need, she needs another classy player. They have everything else. They've got the backline start started with um, Darcy and. Um, uh, Shevlin in the back line there. And then the forward line, you've got Katie Brennan um, ruling the roost. But they, they also need another ruck. I think they need a genuine ruckman as well to give Conti the first... Um, first use. Uh, first, first use. But yeah, I agree with you with Richmond. But Melbourne, I'm still on the fence a bit because they've played a dogs team and they struggled to put them away when they lost Huntington. And yeah, dogs but, then, are, but then... Dogs is an elite... Then coming up again to Richmond with uh, with five out, and obviously Richmond had five out as well. But then to put them to the sword like they did with five of five of their starters out um, is to me like just shows their depth, and and it shows that they can still produce even with with a lot of their players out. I still with Melbourne a bit more apprehensive because they're four, four of those players that came in. Are fringe players anyway, and the four players that came out were fringe players. So there was only one real genuine star in the mix, and they've got enough talent around the board to have one star go down. 
I'm interested to see when they do play an Adelaide or a Fremantle. Um, I think they'll take Collingwood out. I think they've got a bit tough around the ball. So, But uh, who's Melbourne got this week? They've got St Kilda. So that that's an easy win, I think. Yeah. Um, but which, then the following week, they play Adelaide's. Yeah, yeah, but the and Adelaide could be three and zero as well, mm-hmm. um, with beat or, with they beat Eagles, so um, that sets up round four nicely with two three and eights. But again, I'll get to my point with Melbourne is I'm not sold on them like Collingwood. I'm not sold on Collingwood either. Frio have enough um, performances in the back where you go, yeah, they they're going to be around about. But Adelaide are the clear favourites. There's there's no one better in my eyes than. Um, Adelaide, and we're going to do um, player rankings again this week. Um, and you get it, it's pretty much just an Adelaide side, nearly. I nearly I could have put 10, 10 players of Adelaide because they're yep. just playing so so good footy. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that was really bad English, <laughs> but it's great footy. <laughs> I was going to pull you up on it, but I thought I'd let it one slide. Um, yeah, but, I thought so too. Um, yeah, well, I mean, let's speak about Adelaide for a second. Um, Anne Hatchard, obviously absolutely dominating right now and yeah she she's a genuine genuine chance for the for the Aaron Phillips medal she might take it off Aaron Phillips yep. um, and one person we didn't mention at all last week and we definitely should have but she made us she absolutely made us speak about her this week but Ash Woodland in their forward line she's just kicked two four goal holes and she is yeah just dominating up there she's had a pretty she's had um the game against Brisbane, she was in the right spot at the right time. I think she only touched the ball five times, but she was impactful against a great Kangaroos backline. Like she was taking marks up the field, running them ragged, and she got on the end of I think two goals. But two of them came off her hard work. Like it wasn't like um, a small forward reaping the rewards of someone else's hard work. She 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 earned a lot of her goals, and yeah, she's definitely caught the eyes of of us. And um, but. The other, the other player that we didn't really mention either was from GWS in Alicia Eva. Like she, she's just a bash and crash as well. She's very clean. Um, GWS give her good chance, a good service, and she, her and um, Elise Parker are forming a nice tandem in that midfield. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely building something as well. GWS, so they they could um, they might be a sneaky shot for finals as well. They. They just haven't been able to put wins. I mean, they got a win over Gold Coast, but it wasn't a convincing win. So it's no. it's hard to it's hard to say with them. Um, They're that te- Are they the are they the the good bad team? So do they beat all the bad teams? And we go, oh, they they're pretty good. Or are they just that team that's up and coming? Like it, I'm not I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard because. It's not like they have a whole bunch of young young girls that are coming through and everything like that. They got a sort of a good mix, but they're just a thereabouts team. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's a bit that, like, that's what that was a bit like Richmond, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, Richmond are built. Richmond are on the up, whereas um, GWS have been. Um, they just stayed where they are. I think they've always finished mid table since the start of the of the AFLW. Whereas Richmond are climbing, they're building something. You can see it. Yeah. And uh, just uh, before we get into the player rankings, yeah, no tips. we've seen two. Yeah, in our tips, sorry, we've seen two good rounds of footy. Is there a standout coach so far that's really impressed you? Obviously, you being a coach, has there been a coach that you go, wow, that was that was good, or 
Not really. You need a bit more sample size. Uh, I think I need a little bit more, but I will have to give a little bit of a special mention to um, to Collingwood's coach because his sort Simon, of Sim- Simon's. Yeah, I mean they they've had a, a few key key outs and key injuries, like with Bree Davy going down. Then they had um, then they had Brown Malloy. and Malloy and everyone miss last week, and, and they, they still, still lost they still Ash managed Brazel. to yeah they still managed to find players to to lift and and get the job done. And get the job pretty co- yep. done pretty convincingly. So I, I am a little bit in a disagreement with you from before, where I'm pretty sold on Collingwood. When you have that much depth, and you have probably four of your top players go out of your team, and you still produce that, uh, you're you're going a long way in the, for the season. Yeah, my only thing with Collingwood is like they lost to Adelaide and Brisbane last year. Their three losses, two came from Brisbane and one came from Adelaide. And the the difference between those two teams and Collingwood is that they bullied them in the midfield. They're bullies in the midfield. So that once it gets a bit tough and that, they haven't really played a team like against Carlton first quarter. Once Carlton went hard at it, Collingwood faltered a bit. So that's why I'm a bit apprehensive with them. Yep. But oh, I did say last week, keep your eye on Michaela Kane. And um, she yeah. did deliver for me. I Can. was pretty impressed. Can, sorry. Yep. She did um, did deliver on my end. Yeah, no, she did. Uh, just before, last thing before we go into our tips yep. and power rankings, um, just have to obviously mention uh, a massive deal for the AFL and the AFLW with uh, Crypto.com. Is yep, you want to explain? I mean, uh, I, I don't know the exact things, but it's a five-year deal, which, which obviously pretty much guarantees us five years of AFLW building. It guarantees probably... Better, obviously, if they're putting this money, I'm assuming it's a substantial amount of money, it's going to really help get the AFLW girls up to that echelon of being full-time players and all of them being full-time yep. players and then creating a real a real competition rather than a semi... It's almost like a semi-professional at the moment uh, where yep. they can't make it full-time. Obviously, some players can, but when, when that becomes... A, a league, a league-wide thing where everyone is full time. That's when we'll start seeing real benefits of, for the AFLW, and really, really find uh, find where we can where we can go with it. Yeah, I was only speaking to a guy at work and and uh, my boss at work. They could this AFLW could be literally a launching um, platform for international talent, and we talked, we joked about Americans coming over playing that rock we, we, we just have to look at the Irish girls how well are they adapting I know they have a similar game but we're at this at the stage of um, AFLW where the where the game is still very new and we're still tri- um, trialing it with skill errors it's not too far in between we did mention that last time but it, it it's such a and crypto.com isn't Australian business it's international so it just again a reach yeah. rewards for the AFLW well it's, the, sorry, only, it's the only sorry just quickly as well it's the only it's the yeah. only um, women's sport uh, that crypto has done worldwide so it's a it's a, mass, oh, it's a massive that's even massive better that's a, that's, AFLW and you've got Olympic runners that are probably looking at this as well going what is this because yep. like they're still they're not getting paid a lot either so this, this could open up so many opportunities and it's actually getting me excited about it because I'm like, my brain's ticking over for it. But yeah. it's so good because it's the first I've heard of it. Like, it, uh, to be fair, I haven't... I've been pretty busy with my my work. But um, 
Whereas, by the way, viewers, uh, Ash has got COVID. He's uh, in a remote area <laughs> for uh, while we're doing this. But um, we'll get. Do you want to do tips first or power? Yeah, no, we we'll tips and we'll, and we'll finish with the power rankings. All right, so Friday night game, which is, we're recording this on a yep. Thursday night. We'll just quickly, we'll go, versus Collingwood. Let's just uh, say what you got last week. I got five out of six. Obviously, the seventh game being postponed with Brisbane Doggies. Yeah, I think I got six out of seven. No, well, you would have got five out of six then, because there wasn't a seventh five game. Five out of six, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like, five like out of Like I just said. <laughs> yeah, my bad, my bad. Um, oh, I've, I actually forgot how many I got. Like I had to recount them. Yeah, I think you. I think you got five out of six as well because um, the you would have got the Geelong game. You were, uh, yeah, you would have you picked. Carlton, I missed out. I missed I out of Gold Coast. Yeah, I missed out on the Eagles. Yeah. Um, all right. So Geelong versus Collingwood. I got Collingwood. I think it. Um, all right, this could be a danger game. I'll go with Collingwood to be on the safe side, but I can see Geelong potentially upsetting the Pies. Yeah. Uh, West Coast versus Adelaide. Um, Adelaide, I think they just gave you too good, too powerful, too quick. Yep. Uh, yeah, I can't see West Coast getting close to them at all, to be honest. Um, Melbourne versus Saints. Melbourne, and I reckon we could see our first 70-point game. Yeah, I'm going to go Melbourne, and I reckon we can see a, a bit of a bit of a flogging. I reckon it could be a 40-point bashing. Uh, Richmond versus Freo. Um... I've been tossing and turning on this one. I'm actually gonna go with Freo. Yeah. Um, I want to say Richmond, but I think Freo. Yeah, Freo. Yeah. yeah, I'm picking a little bit of an upset here. I reckon. I reckon Richmond. Yeah. I've actually got so two, in, more two in a row upsets. To be honest. But yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, you got uh, two gut. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go Richmond there, and then Gold Coast versus Brisbane. No, it's been. Um, oh, that's canceled. been that has been cancelled. Does that mean yep. the doggies one as well, or is it just the Brisbane? Yeah, Gold, Gold Coast and Dogs, and then Brisbane versus Carl, Carlton this week. Oh, okay. Oh, that's night. the change, isn't it? Uh, what yeah. was it? Sorry. And it's actually that's very good that Tuesday game because it's day before Australia Day. Yeah. Okay. There you go. The AFLW heard my uh, heard my proposal in the first or second podcast, and they listened to me. Yeah. Put them on the put them on the days where people can watch. Blockbuster um, game. Yeah. So, so who, who, who were the two changes? Sorry, I haven't seen them. So, Gold Coast first doggies are yep. playing. So, they're they're not playing. So, it'll be North and Giants at Arden Street on Sunday. Okay. So that's uh, that, that's it. And then the other two are later in the week. And then uh, so and then Brisbane versus Carlton on Tuesday. Okay. Oh, so Gold Coast and Dogs so, are playing. No. Okay. All right. Sorry. So I go north against Giants, and then I've gone um, Brisbane against Carlton. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, that'll be my picks as well. I'm a bit nervous for Brisbane because they're coming back with half their team having COVID. So let's see how fit they really are. Yep, um, that's true. But Ash, yep, we actually had a we had a pretty good review on the play, uh, player power rankings. There have been a few talks to it. So thank you to the Foxes boys for arguing with me, saying that <laughs> Hatchard should have been number one. Yep, but. I was, start. I, was, I was on board with that. Yeah, I just thought Kiara Bowers has got enough um, tickets in the bank to uh, say that she uh, yep. was dominant. But anything could happen. And I think we're starting to see a bit of a trend. So at number 10, I got on with a girl that has kicked eight goals in two games in Ash Woodland. I think her her performance has been um, amazing. She's, like I said before, 
she's earning her goals, plus also reaping the rewards off her midfield, like um, Hatchard and Aaron Phillips and um, uh, Marinoff, thank you, and the Twins. Yep. At number nine, I've got the girl that stepped up in her place for um, Brie Davy for Collingwood in Brute Bonici. She was also on this in the same spot in the preseason. I think her ball use, her running capacity is just outstanding. At number eight, I've got the captain of Richmond in Katie Brennan. I think she's actually gone the next level where a lot of people are asking, is she going to go to that next level? She's at that level. She's kicking goals. Mate. Um, presenting really well and pinch hitting in that midfield like you're saying when Conti needs a rest she's the girl that's helping it out but her true position is at Senar Ford at number 7 Elise Parker for um, GWS she's one of two people uh, GWS players in my top 10 and I think they've got a great tandem great bash and crash she's leading the clearances with Kiara Bowers and she's also um, hitting the scoreboard and every time someone's uh, uh, when they need a goal, she's the one that can deliver. And she has that golden touch, like we used to say, um, with, with Gary Ablett's and Brett Delidios. Every time they touch the ball, it turns to gold. Um, number six, I'm actually thinking this girl will be the Australian Ruckman in Breen Moody. She is so dominant, and her presence around the ball is incredible. She's hitting, she's sitting second in hitouts. She's getting, uh, I think, seven score involvements and rebounding the ball from the defensive 50. She has dominated the play, and she's a presence. And oh, she's giving uh, Presparkus and the rest of the Carlton midfield first use. Yep. She really um, uh, made Geelong struggle in that department. At number five, Alicia Eva, we talked about her before. Yep. She's, uh, like I said, starting a great tandem with Elise Parker for GWS. I think they need to keep GWS. those two... Yep, they need to um, keep their midfield running through them. They're the, they're the true um, shining light at the end of the tunnel for them. At number four, we're going to see something very similar. I've actually gone Monique Conti at number four. Yeah. I think her play was impressive, but the top three were just that good, I thought, um, on the weekend. Um, Conti's running ability and getting behind the ball and then pushing hard is what's separating her from every other Richmond player and it's not just, it's not even close anymore. At three, in a losing game, I thought um, Ashley Riddell was very, very, very impressive. She took it up to Ebony Marinoff. They were running shoulder to shoulder, and then when she needed to go to Hatchard, she was running next to Hatchard pretty well. Um, I thought her ability to influence the game, like I said last week, is the thing that's carrying her over. She's very, very, very impressive this stage of the year. At two, I've actually got her dropping down from number one, Kiara Bowers. She had a bit of a quieter game because Elise um, Parker and Alicia Eva were so dominant. It wasn't her normal bash and crash, get the ball out. putting the. She had a lot of tackles and she had a lot of clearances, but it wasn't her um, A-grade performance. She was actually on an A-. And when you have an A-minus game and someone like number one had an A-plus game again in Ann Hatchard, like you said, she is running away with the Aaron Phillips medal. She is so dominant, so, so dominant. And she's clearly the number one player in the first two weeks, Ash. Yeah, she's, uh, she is dominating. And, yeah, I've obviously, even pre-season, I've been on board. Um, and, yeah, she's she's really proved me right so far with my call on, on winning the medal. Uh, but she is, she is dominating. 
She is honestly, she's everywhere. She's getting up and down the ground. She's she's close to kicking goals as well. I think she even kicked a goal this week. Uh, but yeah, she's she's dominating. She's been too unselfish. There's times in the game where she could kick three goals, and that's that's not even like exaggerating it. Like she's giving him off where she could she could kick him. That, yeah. It's it's. Oh. But that, no, that's, or, a good, um, that's a good or, that's a good sign for a, for a team though as well. And and if you if you start exactly. player is is dishing off in the goal square or twenty meters out when they could have a shot rather than having a eighty percent chance shot, give it off to a hundred percent chance. And you know that that's how you win games and that's how you become that that top echelon team. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Or we'll yeah. just let's have we'll a, just break. Take a quick break. All right, Ash, we we got to talk about the NBA. Um, a lot of things are happening, a lot of movements, a lot of murmurs. Obviously, the Ben Simmons is the one that's firing up. But I want to start with hirings and firings in terms of staff movements. Frank Vogel has been told that he's on a game-to-game basis, and it's just completely wrong. It is so wrong. He He's given a side that is all offense, and they can't play together. Westbrook can't play off-ball. We've seen it. And they got no defenders. And the shining light is Stanley Johnson, who was a lottery pick and known for his bloody defense. Like, yeah. well, it's not. I don't. I don't think it's hard to be a general manager and go. All right, we got this type of coach. We got to put these type of players to make sure he gets the best out of them. Like, yeah. So I got two things on that. See, I, I've heard differently with Frank Vogel because I've also heard that he's been told that. It's not him getting moved on. It, they're making a change with the team. Um, and also, um, Johnson, he's, he's on his third 10-day contract. And he's been performing. And I think he just had a massive fourth quarter effort against Utah as well. And he's still on the yep, 10-day exactly. contracts. Why are they not signing him for the year? Like, he's clearly fitting in I th- well I, it's with the team. I'm pretty sure it's to do with cap. And they need to make another tra- trade to um, be allowed to sign him. I think it's just, it's something it's a technical reason. It's not that he's they don't want to sign him; they want to sign him. But oh, I'm hearing um, Grant from Pistons could be coming to the Lakers, and I go, "Well, he's a great defender. He troubled um, LeBron in the bubble." I go, "Imagine this starting lineup of Davis, LeBron, Grant, Stanley Johnson, and then play the Russ at the point, because then you'll have the space that he craves. It's no one clogging him up." Yeah. But uh, this is. At Vogel being because he is on the game to game basis, like it's Woj reported it. So if Woj reported it, it's true. Um, but if that's the case, that is so stupid because it's not his fault. That's Palinka as a GM. That's that's him signing Allington and Ariza and getting DeAndre Jordan. It's not. So, it could be LeBron as well. Like let's be honest, LeBron yeah. gets whoever he bloody wants. But. It, it, as a Lakers fan, as a diehard Lakers fan, it really annoys me that they couldn't see this coming. And they now they're trying to pin on a guy who just won us the chip two seasons ago, and they're going to go, we're going to fire him. That's uh, Showing loyalty is not, not a thing in the NBA. Yeah. Well, I think they're, once again, they're, they're still pinning all their hopes on LeBron, carrying him to a championship. Where he's just not without help. He, he's proved that pretty much his whole career, to be honest. Like, He's, he still needs some sort of help. As much as he's, he is a quality player, but he still needs help. And the way he's playing now, he's too slow to, 
to go very far unless he has some oh. good help. I'm actually glad you said that he's that he's playing too slow. Can you obviously we've watched the NBA for a long, long time together. Name one player that's played with LeBron that has improved. Because honestly, Kevin Love was an absolute phenom before he went to Cleveland. Then he was just a pop and shoot, maybe rebound sometimes sort of player. Didn't really get the ball. Yep. Kyrie Irving just did his thing. We know Kyrie Irving. He just does yeah. his thing. I think it was Anthony a little bit Davis. different with Kyrie because um, he also he was also the point guard. So LeBron wasn't as ball dominant as he is now. Yeah, um, agreed. Had, like so, Kyrie still had the chance to control the ball. Uh, where Ke- you are right with Kevin Love, like he went there being being the number one option, and then he's gone there, probably became the second, third, and, and pretty much was just a spot up shooter, and, and go in and yeah, get some exactly. boards. Really, what a waste. Yeah, and then the on the other on the flip side, you look at what KCP um, and Kuzma. Uh, Kuzma are doing for Washington right now. They're Kuzma is the best player on that team. There, there's no you can't change my mind. Bradley Beal is just cashing in paychecks, um, not really playing. And Dinwiddie is just falling off a cliff after his. I thought was I thought he was going to be an All Star this season. I pegged him for an All Star, and Kuzma's the only consistent player on that team, and he's dominating. He's the one that they go. You need a shot. They're giving Kuzma the ball. Like it, it goes to show like LeBron isn't the answer. Well, honestly, honestly, and it's the same with. Uh, even when Kuzma was at the Lakers, the exact same thing happened to Kuzma when LeBron came. Kuzma was on track to being was pretty close to the next, the following season was probably going to be very close to being an All Star or, or on the oh, verge yeah. before LeBron came. Then something. Yeah. Then as soon as LeBron came, he got put to the bench. He got thrown thrown in the deep end. He just became a spot up shooter. He never got to control the ball. He never got a chance to actually be the player that he should be. I think it's the same as Taylor Horton Tucker. I, I've seen glimpses of him being a, a very, very good player, but he just doesn't get the chance to show it. No, he doesn't. And the thing is, like, that isn't really a good defender. Where Kuzma developed into a, I'm going to say this, an elite defender. He's an elite perimeter defender. There, He watches film, he studies it, and it, he's reaping the rewards. But you're not... What position does Kuzma play? Small forward, power forward. What two play? Who are the two best players on the Lakers? Davis and LeBron. What players do they traditionally play? Power forward, small forward. So yeah. he, it was why, in my eyes, why keep Kuzma when you could have had Lonzo to assist that? Yeah, you you are right. That, but but also the way they're playing now, Anthony Davis could play the five. LeBron could play the four, and Kuzma could play the three. You stretch the four, they can all shoot. Like, that's a pretty good um, two forwards and center, really. Like, they're, yep. they're, and you could, they're and big enough, they've got length, they can even switch to help on defense. Like you just said, Kuzma's a good perimeter defender. He can play smaller. And then, you add, then you obviously, when you had KCP, he's a good shooter and defender. And you had Lonzo. Like, that was like, that, that's, a quality, that's a quality five. Like if you if you keep that yep. and you, and you well, didn't have to give up anything. Well, it, Lonzo or Kuzma would have been in the Davis trade. So if you have Kuzma, you wouldn't have Lonzo. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. But you still had Danny Green. You signed him. Like what? That's what I mean. Like, Vogel got the best out of that team. No other coach would have won, I reckon, because he's such a defensive mind. Yeah. Now, if you get to sign all these shooters, then you've got to get a coach that plays an offensive side of tempo where you're pushing the ball. Let Westbrook... T- yeah. You know what? LeBron needs to go, I need to step back a bit. I need to reserve my play. I need to play off the ball and let Westbrook drive to the basket and let him kick out. He might get 10 turnovers. Who gives a crap? Like, we know what Westbrook is. He does that. He plays with energy. He plays with heart and soul. Like, you can't can't deny the guy of that. But when it comes down in the clutch, then you go, Westbrook, go stand in the corner. Because yeah. then LeBron can take over. And then he's not shooting as much as he has in the past, in the past five, ten games, and not getting tired. Like, let Westbrook do all the dirty work, and then let LeBron win, save us. Yeah. But, well, just, but just anyway, for example well, I could as well, keep... sorry, just quickly, just quickly, last thing on yep. this. With Westbrook at that yep. team, say you still had Kuzma. I know he was obviously part of the Westbrook trade, and same as same as yep. KCP. But if you manage to get Westbrook with those two at those positions, and then LeBron and Davis at those, that floor is so spread out that Russ would be loving. Like he would have all the room in the world to to drive or dish, and they'd all they couldn't collapse. So he'd be one on one in the in the key, and and he'd be able to go to work. But now he's yep. got now no one on that team can shoot. Like they just collapse on the defense and and begs used to shoot threes. But yeah, anyway, yeah. that's enough on the Lakers. But, the, but I, just, I just want to add quickly on that. But if the ball was moving a bit quicker, shooters can shoot. Yep. If you're asking someone to shoot five times a game, but the ball touches their hand maybe th- five times a game, they're going to be off. But you look at the Warriors, even the Jazz in. Um, the Suns, they moved the ball so damn quick that everyone's involved, everyone's interested in the play. They're not going, I want my shot. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get, we'll keep going. Um, MVP race, with Durant going down for four, six to eight weeks, it's really opened up. Yeah, I'm so glad. Um, I'm so glad you brought this up, right? And I know you've said, I know you just said it's opened up. Okay. There, there is a couple that are that are on, on the verge, but I've got and I'm a massive believer of you shouldn't really be winning. I know Steph's won it and everything like that, and he's playing some good defense. I know Jar's up there. He's playing some decent defense. But these sorts of guys like um, Giannis, Giannis and even Rudy Gobert, he should be very close in the conversation. With how, clo- with how much they do on both ends of the floor compared to a lot of these guys only doing a little bit on one end of the floor and pretty much the same same as what Giannis is doing. Giannis is averaging more points than everyone on this list, which is Jar, Steph, Jokic, 
Um, not Durant, but he's obviously injured for a while. Rudy Gobert and Chris Paul. I know LeBron's there as well, but he doesn't play defense. LeBron, he, he really just does not really play nah. defense. He he's, he picks and chooses. He's, yeah, he's he's covered it. He's just cover and help defense. And if he wants, if he's annoyed at someone, he'll try and block him. So he doesn't yep. he doesn't really do anything. But Giannis, right? He's he's averaging twenty eight and a half points, eleven rebounds, six assists, one steal, and one and a half blocks. Right, he's clearly doing. A well, he's playing amount. the center. Yeah, he is playing the center because Brook Lopez is down, so he he is going to get the rebounds. He's playing good. I yeah. reckon. I agree with you. He's a, he is the number one with Jokic at two. Rudy Gobert does nothing on the offensive end, okay, so I'm not so, even going to put so him in consideration. I, I kind of just brought Rudy Gobert in just to sort of just to with these little stats, right? Comparison. Um, yeah, just a little bit of a comparison, right? So, just for example, Giannis is has a plus minus of 6.6. Okay. Rudy Gobert is averaging nearly 16 points a game, which obviously is well down from the other, from the other top echelon players. But then he's averaging 15 rebounds a game, which is a lot more than nearly all of them. He's averaging only one assist. So he he doesn't control the ball. We know that he's only got 1.1 turnover to the rest of them, averaging over three turnovers. He has 0.8 steals as a big man, and he's averaging 2.3 blocks, which is well above anyone on this list. And he's pretty plus easy minus. to do when you're a center and you're 7 1. Yeah, but, you, yeah, but you just said Giannis is playing that as well, and, yeah. and Jokic plays the center. Yeah, so but Jokic, Jokic isn't known for his defense. Yeah, but that's what, this, this, is, this is my point, right? Yeah. Where, yes, I, I know they're not known for their defense, but that exactly exemplifies them as not really being the most valuable player because they can't do it on both ends. Okay, so my whole counter argument. Sorry, and, that, and just quickly, Rudy yep. Gobert's plus minus is nine. Yeah, which is which is the highest apart from Steph on this list. Yeah, so my whole argument is is Rudy Gobert even the number one player on his team? I would argue no. I think Donovan Mitchell is. Okay, the he's not. Of that he's side. not. Yeah, so he's not the number one scorer of that team. No, no, he's not the number one. You can take Gobert out of that team, and you saw it and they when the Clippers attacked him. Yeah, you you attacked it. At least Donovan Mitchell is still doing it on both ends. He still gets active on the defense. He he isn't known like this is the thing. Durant, Donovan Mitchell, because their scoring is so, and even Curry to a degree, because their scoring is so like hyped and in the spotlight, their defense gets overshadowed by it. So I go, my list goes. You got Giannis at the one because of what he's doing with Milwaukee right now because Drew Holiday's injured, Brook Lopez is injured. They're just breaking apart. I'm a bit worried about the Bucks, but they'll get their groove. They'll be fine for the playoffs. I had Jokic at two. Steph has fallen away to three. And then four, I've actually got Chris Paul. I think you take Chris Paul out of that Suns team, they're a lottery pick. Yep. And yeah, gotta, he, he, yeah. he is on my list as well because he plays very, very good defense. Um, we're, and... He so he obviously hasn't got the scoring numbers and the rebound numbers as a lot of them, but he's got well above the the assists for a lot of them. Um, where he he averages thirteen point nine points, which is obviously like I said, well below the rest of them. Only four point three rebounds. But Nash won. Which yeah, I know, I know, I know. But which is Nash won an MVP a lot with that stats. I, I agree. I know, I know. But when you got other guys putting up these numbers, I know Nash beat um, Kobe and, and that as well, but Shaq, yeah, Shaq, you sorry, Shaq, Shaq right? yeah, and then, so he's got, he's got the most assists on this list with 10, he's averaging 10 assists and yep. this, this is the, this is the stat where he controls the ball the most out of all these guys on the list 
and he only ha- he only averages two point three turnovers, which which is yeah, well, at least he's a point god. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's at least one and a half less than Giannis, Jar, Steph, Jokic, and uh, and Durant, and he controls the ball way more than them. And as you can see, yeah. he's getting ten assists a game. He also averages one point nine steals and point three block. Obviously, a small guy, but and his plus minus is six point one. So he he obviously yeah. He, it's hard because everyone just seems to look at scoring now, and that, that's that was my point of this this conversation with the MVP, as it, it needs to go. It needs to look at both ends. Like that that for me, Giannis, he's pretty much your top three scorer in the league, and his top three defender in the league. Yeah, and and it's not like he's only doing it on bigs or he's only doing it on smalls. He does it the he whole way. He clamps on everyone. Yeah, I mean, he, he just does it on everyone he can, and he scores on anyone. So That's it, where I think you're underselling Jokic as well. Like, yeah, he might not be getting the stats, but his just presence affects oh, everyone. His yeah. ability to affect shots, like the stuff on the stats, like you can't get caught up yeah. I'm not, looking at the, those oh. defensive stats because you don't see, like Rudy Gobert, he affects, like I'll put it this, he affects... 10, 15 shots without him actually registering yep. a stat. Well, that, Chris Paul yeah. registers like he if if you could affect shots as a yep. as a stat, as a stat Chris yeah. Paul will be so much higher. But um, that's where yeah I agree with you. Yana should be the clear front runner. Like I have no doubt. And this is a, and I was actually going to throw this is Giannis five years away from being better than LeBron. I mean, for for me, uh, and you know my stance on this, I I think so, but purely purely because I love the way I I much prefer the way he plays. I much prefer the the uh, I wouldn't say person, but the the team the team man he is, and he's stuck with his team, and he's and he's won a chip the hard way. Yeah. And all right, so and he's pr- he's proved himself that way rather than joining with us but that that's another conversation that's a that's a whole another yeah, can of I'll, worms. I'll just put let's 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 just think the season's over right and we already know who the MVP winner Giannis we already know yep. who the defensive player of the year is Giannis and then he wins the chip and gets finals MVP he's already better than LeBron in that category just there better than any LeBron season because LeBron never won a defensive player of the year when he won an MVP and he sure as hell didn't win a finals MVP and win the chip when he won a defensive player of the yeah. year. LeBron hasn't won a defensive player of the year. And he's won two in a row if that's the case. So my whole thing is, if he goes... Let's just say they have a three-peak Bucks, right? And he doesn't have an MVP P year next year, but has another defensive player of the year moment and wins the finals. And let's just say Middleton has a, a freak series and he gets a finals MVP. I Guess still what? Put Giannis Giannis still the number. Yeah, and yeah, because he's won three in a row. Not LeBron can't do that. Yeah, LeBron and tried to do that on a crap East and couldn't do it. Look how stacked the East is for Giannis. Yeah, well, that's the that's the thing as well with me for Giannis, right? So he's he's going to go very close to having the perfect season this season. He he's going to be very close to winning the scoring title. He's got he's going to be very very close to winning the Defensive Player of the Year. He should be going very, very close to winning MVP. He's gonna. Bucks could go all the way again. They're, they're a really good team. They're, they're deep. They they are deep. They've got depth. They've got they've got scoring options. They've got defensive options. They've got they've got a really good team. They're. He he's obviously the star player of the team. He's more than likely going to win Finals MVP because if he if he doesn't, they don't win. 
and yep. and then yeah, if they win the championship, like there, he's he's pretty much primed and set up to be to have a perfect season as the person yep. player he is, and 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 he's honestly just getting better and better. His jump shot now is is almost a lock to hit, and, and yep. no one, like he's almost turning. He's starting to get scary, like Durant. And you could he, almost you argue. Can't stop him. You could almost argue that he could have a most improved year as well. Like he could win that award with just his scoring prowess and his assist making and his rebounding and his blocking. But I think it's locked up for Mikel Bridges anyway. That's just my point. But that's Mikel enough. Mikel or Miles? Both. Both, <laughs> are, both are dominating. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm glad that we had the MVP talk because usually after the MVP we talk about the rookies. Yep. And I want to start with the Australians, um, Josh Giddy, Giddy up. Yep. Um, he is now catching. I listen, as you know, I listen to a few other American podcasts and American um, radio, and they are all over him. But we already knew this. We've had enough sample size of this, and he is. I didn't think he'll be able to do what Lamella Ball was did in his rookie year, but let. In 10 years' time, I can see Josh Giddy and this draft class to be the best draft in recent memory. I reckon in 10 years' time, so what are we in now, 2022? In 2032, we'll be saying the two, 2021 draft will be as good, if not better, than the 2003 LeBron draft. Thoughts? Oh, um, yeah. Well, it's It very well could be. I, I just don't know how deep this class is yet. Um, I, I think the top... Top five, six guys uh, coming on really nicely and um, providing some good, some good looks. Um, they're they're playing. Cade. They are they are playing pretty well, but yeah, it's, it's obviously very very early right now. But I I don't know about that because yeah, just there is a couple of late round picks as well that are coming along nicely. But those yep. I, I don't know about the top. I don't know if they're the top echelon sort of players. I think maybe one or two of them could turn into that. I think the other guys are still going to be your second, third fiddle for teams. Uh, all right, so I'm looking at... I've just got five names. I've got... All right, so Cade Cunningham went number one. Mate, he is showing that he is one of the best playmakers to come through. Like, he's... I, I was wrong about him. I thought he would be a bust, but he's... he's oh, you know, he reminds me of a young Chris Paul. Huge wraps for him, I get that. And if he has even half of the career, I think he's going to be great. Yeah. See, um, Cade, Cade, for me, I, I was, I was, I'll, I'll admit, I was a little bit wrong on him as well. But he's still very, very inconsistent. And but I know he doesn't really have the team around him to probably prove yeah, himself too agreed. much just yet. Uh, but it's the same as Josh Giddy as well. But they, like, they just don't have the teams yet. Um, but. But I also think Cade's still playing very inconsistent basketball uh, where he could definitely improve that a lot. I agree, and he's on a young Detroit team. And they've got similarities to the 2004 Cleveland side with LeBron. I'm not saying that Cade's LeBron, so don't get all on your high horses. I'm just saying that there's similarities in their team and their build-up. They could be a potential playoff team in two, three years. And the other player that is... Absolutely, there's two. Scotty Barnes, if he improves his jump shot, mate, we could be talking about the next Kawhi Leonard. And then Evan Mobley is Kevin Garnett. There is no... This is Kevin Garnett reincarnated, and we need to appreciate him because this will be the only time, only time that we don't talk about him. Yeah. 
next season. We'll be. Talk- I reckon we'll be talking about all NBA team next season. Yeah. I'm that big on this yeah, guy. See, He's. I'm. I'm in complete agreement with both of those two, and and I think Scotty Barnes is is going to be. He's going to be a terrific player, and I, I think Evan Mobley is going to be an absolute superstar. In and possibly, yep. like you just said, he he might be a superstar coming on from next year, or maybe we could be talking maybe, about a future he MVP. Might, he might maybe last one more season as not your superstar. Yeah, I agree. And the other one is Franz Wagner, which I think is one of those players that have a breakout, like a Chandler Parson. You know, when he broke out onto the scene and. He'll fade away, I reckon. But the other the other player to watch, obviously, Suggs and Jaden Green haven't lived up to the um, start yet. But there's a lot of players like Boke Knight and um, Davion Mitchell not getting played yet. And I'm in, I can't wait to see them start getting the time. And then Primo for the Spurs. Like, apparently, he's nailing the system. He just hasn't got the court time yet because it, it's a de- seen as a development player. So they're the players that I think... This draft could be stacked because, in the end of the day, the 2003 draft only had LeBron, Mallow, um, Bosch, and uh, Wade. They're not big names at all. No. So, um, <laughs> where yeah. I reckon we could be talking about Cade, um, Mobley, uh, Barnes, and potentially Giddy in the same sentence. I, I think, I think this is that's where the, yeah. the draft is. I'm yeah. big on this draft. Yeah, no, they are they are coming along nicely. It's just yeah, it's where where do they go from here? Do they yep. keep keep going with their projections, or do they sort of plateau and and see where they go from here? Well, well the beauty of those picks, like Evan Mobley, he's got a chance to um, sort of step back because Jared Allen is just dominating for Cleveland at the moment as well. So he has a chance to falter without compromising his team, whereas. Cade at the same time, he had all that time off, so Pistons were already bad, so it was never going to fall on his head, and Giddy has SGA as his tandem, so where Franz, Franz Wagner is just dominating for Orlando in a really bad Orlando team, so yep. he gets to step up on that. But, Ash, we're so, six weeks away from the trade deadline. One trade that will shape the NBA, and what I mean by shape is... Get the ball rolling. Let's talk about that. What trade needs to be done so every other trade could be made? Do you reckon? Oh, I think it's. I think you've got to be looking at Ben Simmons. He's just got to. Yeah. He's got to go on the move. Him and probably Dame Lillard. I think those two have to be moved on, and and that's just going to open up a whole whole because that could start three three team trades, four team trades. It could it could start throwing around a whole bunch of stuff. Just with just to get those deals done, and yep. and then it's just going to open up the whole. See, the I whole had trade. Sub- I had Sabonis. You move yeah. Sabonis, that piece gets traded. Uh, that piece just becomes the the jigsaw jigsaw that's forever moving puzzles. I think like Simmons. I don't think Simmons will be traded. I don't think we'll see him for the rest of the year. John Wall won't get traded, um, and I think. Uh, the other player that needs to be traded and Fox, I don't think they get traded unless Fox is in the Sabonis trade, which I've heard could be the could be in. But well, you can't have Fox and Brogdon. I think if you get Fox, you got to move Brogdon on. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I'm I'm sort of just hoping those guys get moved on. I, I don't know if they'll be they will be moved on, but yeah, John Wall's another one. I mean, it's really for me, John Wall's a that's a crappy one because he's. He was injured. He finally got himself really right to go. Thought he was going over there to get a lot of game time. 
and get some games under his belt. He obviously isn't getting played now, and and now he he can't even get moved on either. Um, yeah, they won't buy him out. Like, why would you keep someone if you're not going to move him? You can't. You're not going to get any trade. The market of the of his contract. No, unless you go Westbrook for Wall again, which both teams would be idiotic to do. Yeah. So, like, we already know Westbrook doesn't work at Houston, and we already know Wall is like Westbrook. So, why? How would he work at Lakers unless Clippers somehow pull off a um, Eric Eric Bledsoe and take the the cap hit, which we could see at Clippers, or you could have John Wall in this mega trade of nine teams with. Um, with Ben Simmons, their forever moving pieces. So well, there's a lot of um, um, there's a lot of point guards that are up for trade talks, isn't there? So like, if you just well, think that... about it, like Dame, Dame, John Wall, Ben Simmons, um, oh, who was Westbrook. that one? Oh, Westbrook, yeah. So you got four, four, Darren Fox, four top echelon there. Then Darren Fox, yeah, you add him in as well. Um, then you could even apart add from in, Lillard, you can even add in um, Brogdon, who's up for a trade as yep. well. Um, yeah, so this... if you add all those, what is, apart from Lillard, what is the most common factor in those players? Um, uh, what do you mean? Sorry, their lack of that. So their lack of lack of a shot. They can't hit a three because the game has changed. Apart from Lillard, of course, yep. games change. You know the running point guard, flashy attack the basket, really athletic, isn't going to win you a championship. So they already know, but. Five years ago, they signed all these big contracts, maybe not Fox, um, yeah. because the game wasn't at where it is now, whereas they're looking at space creators and shots. So that's why teams won't take him. That's why. Unless they take him and go, well, you'll be a rotational player. You're not going to be a star. You're not going to be the star. Like yeah. Your game is not good enough for the NBA anymore. You might be good overseas, but not the NBA. Yep. Yeah. All right, do you want to have a quick break yeah, or do you want to go straight to NBA? No, let's have another break and yep. we'll come back. All right, Ash, like, you talked this up all week. You're pretty excited for this segment coming up. Um, tell us and the viewers what your segment is and we need to find a better name. That's just, <laughs> they can't stand. I, I, I can't stand the name. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in completely agreement. It's not, it's not the best name. It's pretty on the money, but... Um, yeah, I, I really had to bring this in because there's a couple of things that have uh, riled me up this week of actually yep. watching and, and listening to some of the stuff and seeing some of the stuff go around. Um, I, I had to bring these up. I've got three things. I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. I already know what one of them is because we went and played basketball together on a Sunday night, and you couldn't shut up for about ten minutes talking about this topic. Yep. I'm guessing. And that's my number one. Yep. I, I'm assuming is the same <laughs> one. But Illawarra. Yeah. Right. <laughs> their last thirty seconds of their game was the most pathetic, pathetic excuse for a basketball team I've ever seen. I've been massive on Illawarra throughout this season. I, I think they're a really, yep. really quality side, but their last thirty seconds was absolutely pathetic. They let they <laughs> they got they had they let two offensive rebounds come from free throws in the last 30 seconds of the game to cost themselves wait, wait, the game. So they, so they didn't box out is what you're saying? No. They let the other team get the ball twice and let them have three sets of free throws because they, they couldn't just get a rebound. <laughs> it, is, it, was, it was the worst, worst effort I've ever seen. Like they just... 
I've never. Just so the viewers know. Just so the viewers know, when you were saying all this, when we saw each other, your head was going to explode. <laughs> you know, I could feel it from over here. <laughs> like, how do you possibly do that? They actually did the right thing. They got to, they got them to the line, with, and they got within three points. They missed free throws. They missed the free throw to keep them in the game. Then they missed the, they missed the rebound. Yep, one. All right, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. Still shouldn't happen in the last 30 seconds. Sometimes it happens. Then the... Then, um, I believe it was Perth, wasn't it? No, sorry, Melbourne. Melbourne. They they then had another set of free throws. They missed another one, so they were still in with 16 seconds to go. They could have secured another board, <laughs> gone down, scored, got them back to the line, and still been in the game. What they do? They messed it up again! <laughs> oh, it was ridiculous. So, oh, all right. That was number one. <laughs> That's number one. All right. Number two. This one hasn't got me right up as much as that one, but <laughs> Brisbane Bullets. What oh. are you doing? You <laughs> what are you doing? You beat every good team and you can't beat a bottom team. New Zealand <laughs> New Zealand get their first win of the season because you guys just don't know how to show up every week. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are doing in your pregame, but try to do it differently because it's not bloody working. <laughs> And, all right, moving on to number three, okay? Going away yeah. from the NBL, the yeah. AFL. Oh, no. How many freaking times do you need to change the rules of the game oh. before you realise that it's not working? Every time, every <laughs> year, every year it gets more and more complicated. The umpires get more and more abused because you guys can't give them a set of rules to just bloody stick by and then you actually... You actually let them learn the rules of the game each year and then stick by and learn how to adjudicate it. How about oh. you give each rule two or three years at least? Or how about this? Don't bloody ch- touch it. I'm all I'm okay with the safety precautions with concussion and all this sort of stuff. But when it comes to other crappy rules like your stand rule, you're holding the ball rule, there's that many times... Six, where, six, and six. There's that many times where players drop the ball... And don't dispose of it properly, and you call play on, and then the next time somebody throws it, like, and it's still play on. You you need to figure out what's the actual bloody rules of the game, so even the international viewers can bloody understand it because they don't. Yeah, we're almost getting to an NFL territory. No offense, NFL with all their different types of rulings and stuff like that. All right, uh, I I'm agree. Gonna, I'm going to have a drink and I'm going to calm down because I've finally got that yeah. off my chest and and you can you can take over for the NBL for a second. Yeah, so the NBL with the um, games, I think how good, let's start off with this one, how good is watching a game midweek? Like I was, I had a crap day at work, or not a crap day, it was just a long day at work and the kids finally got to sleep after they screamed and yelled saying, I'm not tired and then as soon as they put their head on the pillow... <laughs> Pretty much Z's non-stop. Yep. And I've had a shower, turned the TV on in my room and put the ESPN on and look what's on the NBL. How good is a midweek game? They have finally taken a page from the NBA and having a midweek game because then they're not competing against anyone else. And it's just good viewing. Like I was, It was just good to just have it on, just sit back and let my brain die pretty much and just go yeah. off with the fairies while well, watching the game and enjoying it. Yeah, well... The same as the NBL, the AFL does, does the same thing sometimes, where you have pretty much a game every day of the week, 
like for your Anzac Day weeks and and all that sort of stuff, yeah. and when they decide to play the buy rounds, like it pretty much equals a game a game each day. And, and yep. how much more do the fans love it? Like they get to see, they get to see like every day. They know, oh, doesn't matter what I've done throughout it's the day. There. I get to watch, I get to watch the sport I love watching and support my team or watch another game and and see how that goes. So yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement. I, I love it. I love it when I get to when sports all all week around. Yeah, no, well, there's nothing better than sport, and you just ask it. Everyone else, um, let's go to straight to the NBL golf. I actually didn't add up my scores this week. Whoopsies. Yep. So I'll, I'll kick it. Um, I'll kick it off. Yeah, I'll start off first then because I got seventy two yep. for the week. Um, so Ooh. I've moved from two twenty three to two ninety five. Um, we had a bit of a discussion this week because our scores are getting right up there, very being very very high. Um, but yep. we've uh, we got to bring in a new rule this week just to sort of manage the score a little bit. Um, but if yep. you get a zero, if you get a zero. It's going to cancel your whole score. It's going to take you back to zero in in accordance with golf because we want to keep it as low as possible. So if you get yep. a zero, it cancels out your whole week score and your whole the whole rest of your score that you already have. So then you go to a, yeah. Actually, sorry. Actually, sorry. Let's not cancel out the whole. Do you week. want to do it get, at the time? Yeah. So if yeah, you get you yeah, want to so do it at get, the time. Yeah. If you get a zero on the first game of the week, it cancels out the rest of your score. Yes. But then the rest of the week still goes onto your onto your name. Yeah, yeah. You all good with that? You happy with that? Yeah, no, no, I agreed. I yep. just didn't add up my score, which I'll I'll get to you as soon as possible. Yep. Um But we'll start off with Brisbane. We got some double headers. Yeah. Um, so obviously, obviously, there's about ten to twelve days of straight basketball now because they're trying to play a bit of catch up, um, which yep. which is awesome because we get a game like we just said, a game every day. But we're not going to do every game for the golf. We're just going to do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the weekend. Yep. Because uh, you know what, weekend sport is all we want. Yep. No, it's not all we want, but it's it's all we're gonna it's <laughs> all we're gonna go on. Um, but yeah, yep, so Brisbane, Brisbane versus Sydney. Yep. I've got I've got Brisbane by eight points, and our player is Jarrell Martin. Yeah. So I went Brisbane by three, and Martin to have nine. Okay. So I'm tipping Brisbane to actually turn up this week, and yeah, so for eight, <laughs> and then Jarrell Martin, I've got for thirteen points. Yep. Thirty uh, sixes versus Melbourne. I've got Melbourne by five, um, and Oof. Cam Bairstow is our player, and I'm going to go him yep. for fifteen points. Oh, so I went a United by eleven, but Bairstow to be absolutely pretty much get worn like a glove and have five points. Ooh, yeah, he's coming off a yep, big game think, against um, against Perth. Yep, and I. Th- I can guarantee that Vickerman for Melbourne would not want any big man to score big points against. I'm I'm pretty confident on that one. Yep. Um, Illawarra versus Perth. What a massive game this is. Uh, both coming yep. off losses. Who would have thought that we'd be coming into this game with both of them coming off losses? Yep. Um, I've got Perth by six. Michael Fraser, the old NBA player. I got him five and thirteen. I think you have a bit of a bit of a big one. Yep. I've got Perth for two points. Um, and I've got Frazier for 12 points. So not, not too yep. far off there. Um, and then Sydney versus Brisbane again. Um, obviously changing yep. home courts. I'm going to go Brisbane again by only two. And oh. Robert Franks is our is our player. And I've got him for 20 points. Oof. Oh. All right. So I went with Brisbane by three again. I reckon it, for the first time ever, it will be the same uh, margin. And I've gone Franks for seven. Oh, seven. Yeah, I think he, think 
coming off a double header, if you're scoring quite a bit, like your arms and your legs get a bit tired, and I don't think he's that good of a scorer to back it up three nights in a row. Ooh, okay. Um, all right, and then uh, Tassie versus uh, South East Melbourne. That's our last game, and then Mitch Creek is our player. Yep. I've got I've got Southeast to win by twelve, and then Mitch Creek for twenty five points. All right, so because you went Southeast big, I might have to change my answer because no, every time you go big, no, you're Southeast. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I went Southeast by three, but Mitch Creek to have seventeen, and yeah. I think I agree with you. I reckon he's going to have a big because I can't see anyone stopping him. Yep. just can't. Yep, I reckon he's going to have a big game. Yep, no. Two for it. Uh, but yeah, so just quickly on the on the game as well um, with Perth and Thirty Sixers, Thirty Sixers. Yep. Obviously, they had they had about a month off uh, before they got to play yep. another game. I think that's the first game this year, and we're what twenty days in, uh, which is a massive yep. break. Um, it's almost like they've had another little mini preseason. But yep, um, they good, good they really they really took it to Perth early on, and then Perth every time they came at came out at at, at uh, at Adelaide. At Adelaide. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I got it out. Um, they, they, they had the answers every single time. They, they found, they found a basket when they needed to with Cambesto and um, some other shooters. They really, they really just when they needed to or when they needed to get a stop, they got one. And they were, they were up and about, weren't they, Adelaide? Where I thought Perth were just. They were trying to find any way to answer a call. They, they had no. Le- it looked like they were tired. Yeah, Honestly, well, it looked like Perth were tired in in the first half. Yes, but third quarter, Perth came at Adelaide hard. They got they got to within nine points, I think, just before three quarter time, and I think it was a ten point difference at three quarter time. But then Adelaide once again, after three quarter time, came out firing, put the put the lead out further, and then just held it there. And then obviously they end up winning by thirteen points, which obviously killed our golf scores. I think we both went pretty big on that game with them and Bryce yeah. Cotton, um, and. You know, like they, they, and that's why I'm a bit nervous about them coming up against Melbourne United. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I don't know how. I don't. Vicky Men doesn't let a team have a big win and then let them come into Melbourne or they, Melbourne going into there and let. And he, do, he makes adjustments, is what I'm trying to say. He doesn't let those shots happen. Like he's defensive minded where Perth are very much. Let's get some. Let's outscore these teams. Like, let's not get defensive stops. Let's just keep scoring as much as we can. Yep. Um, and then the other one um, is New Zealand. Obviously, they they hadn't didn't have a win. Massive. They got uh Massive. they got their first one against uh, my bogey side is Brisbane, um, and then yep. But then they come out and they've they've won another one as well. They've got two in a week against Tassie. Yeah. So Wetzel is the the main difference. Yeah. You get, they put Martin on the bench, which I think was good. They're getting Besson some good shots, but um. Yep. Uh, yeah. Wetzel's the the main dude. Yeah. Wetzel. He's, Wetzel is a. He's, he's, he's becoming a pretty big star of the competition. Is um. He's he's former, leading that former Southeast player. Yeah. He's he's leading leading New Zealand big time, isn't he? And yeah. Obviously, they got their guards in Besson and. Um, I forget the other other guy's name, but um, they 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 couldn't get they couldn't get their shots going. But even though they can't get their shots going, they're they're getting it into him, and he he gives them a break and keeps the scoreboard ticking over. Yeah, we just need some more. I reckon the NBL just needs some more teams so that we can get some more games in. Just 
I need to see another New Zealand team, so that's not the only New Zealand team. I need to see um, some another Melbourne side or another Perth side, just just so we can have some more personalities. Because there's like Wetzel, he's a funny character. He's very very funny on his mannerisms and how he acts. And then obviously we know Mitch Creek, and then Golding, and then the other player that we haven't talked about is Matthew Delavadova. Yeah. Not seven from eleven from a three point line. After we said he couldn't shoot Ash, like <laughs> he's like, you know what, Ash Garns, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to do something that will spin you out. And he was, he was on. He even caught the defense off guard. They couldn't believe it. Like I remember, I think it was the fifth three that dropped, maybe the fourth. The whole whole team looked at their coach and threw their hands up. No, what the hell? That was not on the scouting report. That's not what. Where you that was said said to any screens go under him because he's not pulling up for any threes and every screen they went under and he was knocking him down, yeah. knocking him down. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's probably it for this week. Let's um, let's let's wrap it up there. There's been obviously heaps yep. to go. We'll I'm sure we'll catch up on the rest of it next week. Um, but obviously, make sure let's make sure everyone's uh, liking liking Facebook um, at the. The Foot Dash Baller Podcast. Um, yep. Make sure you get on our Instagram. Follow us as well. Um, yeah, follow us on all that stuff. Um, at the, the Instagram is at the underscore foot underscore baller underscore podcast. Um, and then obviously follow us on Spotify if you're liking what we're putting out. Um, make sure we um, obviously follow up on last week as well uh, with um, our messages. Make sure you're messaging us in some questions. Make sure because in a few, in a couple of weeks we'll we'll start reading some of them out. Um, yep. So message us on Facebook or Instagram or even if you if you want to email us in, um, email us at thefoot.ballerpodcast at gmail.com. And I just want to quickly shout out to our Canadian um, listeners in Ricky. Thanks for listening out and uh, sharing our love to the Canadian population. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's wrap it up there and we'll we'll catch up with everyone next week. All right. Sounds good. See ya. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. 
get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.